What's up, babes? Happy June. It's a glorious morning, a day that we will never see again in this lifetime. So let's take the time to enjoy life while we can. I'm your girl, Neek Austin, and this is Koro is a Crush. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Koro is a Crush. I'm Nick Austin, the CEO and founder of Koro, a home-based beauty, wellness, and design shop providing premium, high-quality press-on nails, beauty accessories, and home decor that we know you'll fall in love with, all while providing a community for self-care lovers, beauty mavens, and small business owners to live life on their terms through fashion, beauty, and faith. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is June. We are in the middle of the month. And today we are literally June the 15th. I'm telling you, the time is flying by. It is crazy out here, but school is getting ready to end, y'all. And my kids are getting ready to come home from school for the, you know, the school being over and everything. My kids are getting ready to become sophomores and juniors. And I can't believe it because I'm getting old, father. <laughs> and uh, Father's Day is literally Sunday. And so we are celebrating the men for this month. So before I get started, I just want to say kudos to all the fathers and the men out here that are doing what they're supposed to do. The father figures, the fathers, the dads, the grandparents, the grandfathers, the uncles, the brothers, the nephews. If you are a father or if you are a father figure to someone or somebody, I salute you. Happy early Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And today I have a guest host on my show that I consider him a father figure just to all the small business owners out here, okay? So it is it is crazy out here, it's bananas because I am so grateful that I met this gentleman here. But before we get started, let me introduce him to you all. So I just want to let y'all know, y'all already know out here on this platform that I am a business owner and I love it. I don't like it, I love it, okay? There are so many things that I have learned as a business owner that I have never even thought about before, okay? I have learned just how much work goes into being a business owner and it is not always easy. There are ups and downs, but there is also an incredible sense of accomplishment when you see the fruits of your labor. As a business owner, finding your tribe can be difficult at first. You need to find people that understand what you are going through, who will give you advice on how to make it through the tough times and celebrate with you when things go well. Finding your tribe as a business owner is one of the most important pieces of the puzzle. You got to find people who are on the same page as you, that understand what it's like to be in your shoes and have their own struggles. Those are the people who will become your biggest cheerleaders, who will support you when things get tough and hold you accountable when things get tricky. Now let's think about it. If you don't have a tribe, then who do you have? If no one else understands what it means to be an entrepreneur, then who can keep can help keep your sanity when things get hard? Who will celebrate when things go well? Who will encourage you when no one else does? 
no matter how much success we experience or how many people we reach, there will always be challenges. It's important to find someone who understands these challenges because they've been through them too. Someone who knows how hard it is for two or three days after launching a product and getting no sales or even worse, refunds. My guest host today is the co-founder of Moguls Connect, a community for small business owners. Every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Instagram, he, along with his co-host, invites small business owners on their platform to introduce their business and share with others about their business. I want you to welcome with me Mr. Preston Baker from LegacyFirst.org. How are you doing, my brother? How are we doing? How are we doing? Thank you for, for inviting me. Ooh, you got you got me motivated today. You got me motivated. You got me all motivated this morning. So yeah, we're ready to go. Thank you for inviting me and tapping me in. Absolutely. Uh, you know. Absolutely. Thank you so much for just taking the risk to join me on my podcast. I, I greatly appreciate it. I remember the first time that you started following me and you reached out to me. You sent me a message in the DMs and you was like, I want you to come up and introduce yourself on my platform on Moguls Connect. And I said, OK, that's cool. And then when Saturday came, <laughs> I was so nervous. I was shaking. Wow. I was sweating, but I got through it and I said, this is a dope community to actually be a part of. So I salute you myself. I appreciate you, yeah. The community for small business owners and not just small business owners, but I know the majority of us are black small business owners and reaching out to us to introducing the new small business owners that are coming up and bringing up the veterans to teach us mm. what it is that we have to learn every single day just to keep our businesses growing. I really do appreciate you and Armand for doing what it is that y'all do every single day, every single week, every single Saturday night. So thank yes. you so much. Thank you. And thank you for allowing us this platform in the same in that same vein. You know, you know, if they talk about paying it forward, this is definitely a version of paying it forward. You know, and this is part of that, that whole idea of building your tribe and building your community. But I definitely appreciate you. And I'm glad you you were able to tap on so we could build a relationship. You know, that's that's how it starts, you know, just just being in in, in the space, right? So thank you for even allowing me to be here present. Oh, representing representing the men for this month. <laughs> right, you, right, right. You know, you know, you, you know our, our community, our, you know, when we do the data, our community is 70, 72% women. So, you know, it's it's very, it's very, it's it's very important that we acknowledge that because like you said, most of them is black women and uh, most of most of people in our community are black, so it's mostly black women. And during this pandemic, uh when I when we do when you look at the numbers and everything, black women are the most of the new entrepreneurs of any demographic in the last two years, which is monumental. They're getting a lot of funding finally for a long period of time. They were getting the least amount of funding. So, you know, it's been a lot. It's been a great transition. So to see it and to know that, you know, my journey starts back from when I was young. And I think about my mother who was trying to become an entrepreneur and she couldn't make it and she ended up becoming a teacher. And, uh, you know, now to see that the, the, this this is the the second second wave is coming, so you know just proud to have a community that's full of women too, that are that are really motivated. I love promoting them. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You mentioned that your mom is a teacher. What did she teach? She was she was well. She's retired now. She retired disability. She had a disability um, years back. You know we was talking about she, your partner. She she had a back injury that she never really could overcome and she had to just retire on disability but she was a special ed teacher so wow. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she taught awesome. 
Yeah, they. I mean, some of our students still remember to this day. So that's an amazing thing. She left a very, a very strong impact. But she started off when I was young. She was teaching adult, adult ed in Harlem, and uh, I used to go from school. Or I mean, I was coming from at that time. I was coming from Brooklyn because I ended up moving to Queens later down in my life, where I am now, and I'm and I'm a, a party official there. But and when I was in Brooklyn, we literally, she would literally tell me to come after school to go to Harlem. So I was traveling on the train to Harlem to her job. She was teaching adult ed at that time. And then that school ended up closing down. And then she, she went to a school that was in the closest to the area. So I think it was 316. It was in the, was the school. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's, yeah. That is awesome. My father's from Harlem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harlem. I, I, I learned a lot as a kid. You know, uh, when you're young, you know, I, I was, I was a... Uh, what I call myself. I was one of those kids that loved to explore. I was always in my own head, in my own little bubble. And it's funny that you're talking about finding your tribe. Like, I'm that guy that would, like, I was that kid that would just, there'd be a group of people and I would just walk up to that group. Don't know who they are, don't know what they're about. Just walk up, hey, what are y'all doing? You know, so I, would, I, I learned quick about Harlem real quick. You know, I had some experiences, it was like, no, 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 wrong tribe. <laughs> right, but, no, you can't do that, you can't do that you up can't, there. You can't just pull up over here, but uh, but I also met some good people, you know, that still friends to this day, but that's just me, like, my mom is working and she like, you know, find something to do, you know, <laughs> going to the park outside on 125th Street, you know, just going down 125th Street. I saw a lot of experiences there that just opened me up, opened my mind up as a job, as a youth, and uh, really, really made me up a little fast okay okay that, that's cool the reason why i mentioned um asked you know what um what part of the education field your mom teaches because my mother is also an educator as well wow she taught um sixth grade math science and history when mm. she retired which was this year after 43 years so her official retirement was at 42. she came okay. back because she loved the kids she was she um retired as a school counselor Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, hey, we have to give acknowledgement to our educators. That's one of the most important roles that a child is going to experience in their lifetime. It's, you know, when you think about working, like people that work nine to five, just somebody spending eight to three with your child, and they're, they're actually form, they're actually helping them create the character who they're going to be in the future. Like you know, especially at the young age, you're talking about sixth grade. You just kind of identify. You just kind of like coming into what your personality is going to be. I always tell right. people, like, if you saw me at four, at eight years old, and look at me now, totally different. Didn't, didn't really have, you know, any ideologies, any, any personality. It was just a kid, right? But there's a teacher that's talking to, to this person every day. They're guiding them. And they have to deal with all these different personalities, all these kids going through different things in their lives. And right. They're bringing it to school, right? And so we have to acknowledge our educators. I think they're, they're one of the most important and underappreciated uh, uh, industries out here. So I always acknowledge them. Because like you said, your mom's going to you, so you know what it's like, you know? Mama, I remember my mother being up all night grading papers, you know? So right. <laughs> buying her own school supplies. School, they weren't right. buying school supplies. She had to get her own school supplies. And the things that they would get her, she didn't feel they were, you know, uh, uh, necessary or needed. And so she would go out and spend her own money 
And I used to be like, why are you buying any kids there? I want you to put the money for my Jordans. I never did get no Jordans, you know? Because she was putting the money over there to the kids. But she, you know, they, they, have, they take a passion for those children. And, you know, they're taking the responsibility that's so important. And when you have when you have people that really put in their time and they, and they even come out of their own pocket, Absolutely, I, I relate. And then I turn around and marry somebody that's it, that is an educator. My husband oh, wow. teaches pre-K. Hey, there you go. So he's already dealing with the development of the other kids way before they even know who they are. But this generation exactly. of the day, they automatically know who they are at the age of four and five years old. Too much TikTok. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they teaching you. We have, I don't know down where you at, we have public transportation. Sometimes I get on the train and you see these kids on the tablets and they just moving in on our iPads. They just moving so fast. I said, man, they brains are moving fast. You know, I was, they was teaching me when I was in high school. I mean, date myself, but they was teaching us how to use the internet. So <laughs> now okay, they, they know the internet. By the time they're two years old, they already... They know where to go, who to, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Technology is it's an amazing thing. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to the questions that I have for you. Okay. Uh, the first question that I got for you, what is something that would surprise people to know about you? About me right now? Yes. Mm, There's a lot. Whew. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, we were talking about it offline, but I am... Uh, I am an executive leader. I'm a district leader in my community, um, Democratic district leader. I'm the executive leader of, of Guyaburo United Democratic Club, which is the largest African-American political club in New York State. Um, and I am literally the third. So I would say, because my, uh, my predecessor is actually my stepfather, Archie Stigna, who is like, they used to call him the Dean of New York. He's one of the, uh, he was a very uh, influential person out here. He passed recently in the last two years. So I was, you know, going through that morning and my mother, you know, was dealing with cancer. So I had to deal with a lot of that, but I took over his position. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that, that's, and I've been very, I like, I was telling you like recently, these last few weeks, sometimes I'm trying to do the business, but at the same time, I have to, adhere to these community activities and my phone is off the chain so so they're like man hey, they like let's get to work you know there wasn't no transition it was just let's get to work right and so yeah so that was that was uh that's something a lot of people probably don't even know so i don't really speak about it i try to separate my my business and the politics um i don't like really talking like um i i, I was intentional uh about um how i'm going to show up on instagram and linkedin um, those were going to be my platforms where I would do my business and Facebook. If I was going to do anything, I was going to do political, would be on the Facebook area. So I just wanted to separate them. I didn't want to, to confuse anybody, you know, because everybody don't share your politics, your views and your opinions. And in business, we, you know, listen, Michael Jordan, no Democrats and Republicans buying his sneaker, you know, so he, he don't got nothing to say about Donald Trump or, or Barack Obama. <laughs> this is true. This is true though. I haven't heard so, nothing. Yeah, so I mean, it's because it's business, and you, you know, you don't want people. Um, you know, politics is is it, it, it hits you in your core. You know, your your beliefs, your emotions, what you feel. You know, you got people like even now they just had the vote versus Wade situation. You know, people have very strong feelings about that. And your opinion 
may make somebody turn against you on how you feel. So it's kind of hard to separate it from your business. So, um, you know, but you, everybody has their opinion, right? So, you know, me, I, me, I'm a just a, I'm a freedom of speech person. I believe everybody has freedom of speech as long as they're not hurting nobody. You know, as long as they're not using that speech to instigate hate or, or any kind of violence or, you know, or intentionally just try to hurt someone verbally, you know, because I right. think physical abuse, mental abuse is worse than physical abuse because it, it attaches to your psyche for, for a lifetime, you know, so. Absolutely. I am in agreement with you. I do believe in freedom of speech. Speech. I agree that everybody has is entitled to their own opinion. It's up to us whether or not we want to listen to it. Right, that's <laughs> true. And that's where I leave that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But some people are able; they know how to work these uh, the algorithms. Right, right, right. So well, you know. So you know, it's like, but like I said, as long as you're not hurt, you know, intentionally trying to hurt no one. So because people can't do, people can't. Um, you know, I've seen, and even recently, we had like people were talking about cyberbullying and yeah. stuff like that. And not everybody has the, not everybody has that, that core strength or groove. You know, you don't, you'd be surprised even adults can't deal with certain things and tolerate some things because they never been taught how to deal with those things. You know? right. I come from a grandmother that I got beat up. She told me to go back outside. <laughs> she, she said, what happened? They said, oh, they was beating him and you didn't do nothing. Oh, take him. You go back outside. You don't come back upstairs. <laughs> That's right. You don't come you back until you back. until you want it. That's what that mm-hmm. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go and defend yourself. And but you know, some people's parents would would, would bring them in and coddle them. And why'd you hit them? And but, but you know, we all deal with that differently. And I think that experience is what makes you stronger. Sometimes, sometimes I I was I was talking to somebody about. I mean, I should I shouldn't even get into this because it's politics, but. I was talking about a little bit about the bullying recently, and I was saying a lot of times it's it's, it's what the parents are saying to their youth. You know, it's it's not even the kids. It's, the kids don't know what to do, right? No. But if the parent is teaching them to stand up for themselves, that will change them. But then a lot of times the parents don't know because they were bullied. You know, so mm-hmm. that's correct. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I agree. My mother and my father, they raised me that way. My, my father had this thing that um, if anybody put their hands on you first, you have to, you know, you go back and you hit them back. If mm-hmm. anybody disrespects you, you disrespect them, no matter how old they are, whether they're young or old, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, in order for you to get respect, you got to earn it. And so that was my policy. And to mm-hmm. this day, I teach my son who is autistic and my daughter, I teach them both. You stand up for yourself. And with my son right. autistic, it's harder for him to stand up for himself. So he has learned over the years how to become his own advocate by following me. And wow. like I tell my husband, I, I am not, I am not a good inspiration. Cause I straight tell my son, look, go kick their behind and he go out and do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 don't, I, I don't advocate for them to be violent, but I will. Oh, no, 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 no. You gotta no, defend no. yourself, though. You gotta. No, my, uh, my grandmother told me uh, uh, years ago. I was, this is just a joke that my grandmother had me dying. My, one of my aunts, uh, you know, I won't say her name, but but one of my aunts, the girl, a girl was beat up, beat up or something like that. And she told her, "You go out." There. She told her the same thing she told me. Go out there, you get. Uh, and she said, she said she had a fight. Every day for ten years straight. <laughs> she, 
she became she beat up everybody. I said, oh no, wow. no. But you know, she turned it into that. But uh, and she would say, oh, they start. She said, no way, they always start with you. <laughs> <laughs> but it started off with one girl trying to bully her change. But yeah, no, I, I, you're right. I, I, like I say, don't go looking for it. Just defend yourself if you have to, and that's it. Right, right, right. But that's why I believe a lot of these children, youth can benefit from doing boxing and kickboxing and martial arts because a lot of people look at it as violent, but I look at it as it teaches discipline and it teaches them to to control themselves. You know, they don't, you ain't gonna act out and be violent because you know you can't handle yourself. You have a certain level of confidence. So it's like, you you know, be calm and patient, you know, and not, not that's not the first route to go. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But all right, let's move on yeah. to the next question. He says, let's talk to some business. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can go, trust me. Exactly, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my next question for you is this. Do you find it hard, and this relates to finding your tribe, do you find it hard to relate to other business owners in your specific niche? No, I haven't. I haven't um, had that issue. You know, uh, I will say this. A lot of times, I think that when we when we step into business, right, we, we, we try to relate it to our personal lives, which is very different, right? So we're looking for, um, we're looking from, a, from ourselves, from our point of view. And I think I, I prefer to look at it from the other person's point of view. And I prefer, I prefer to look at what the other person's interested in. How can I support that person? How can I connect with that person on, on where they are? And you, and when you, when you have a certain level, when you're at a certain level, you may look at a person and say, you know, some people look at some people and they're looking at them like, oh, well, they're not there, they're not here yet. I look at that person like, how can I help them get where I am? Because you know, you don't never know who's in someone's circle. So I think that's how I've been able to relate with a lot of people because I come from this this space of wanting to help this person, wanting to connect with this person, and through that we build a relationship and we connect because. They see that it's genuine. I'm not, you know, I'm not over here like, oh yeah, you know, there's no, you know, people that have been connected with me for the last few months, they didn't see nothing change about me. I've been the same. And um, I might adjust and reassess how I move because as you, like you said, as the community keeps getting bigger and bigger, it's harder to maintain certain, all the relationships at the same time. You know, you, you have to start, I had to, I had to literally start uh, setting up book appointments. People, people that talk to me every day now realize like, I can't talk to them every day, you know, because, now it's he's got there's a lot going on and I can't spend that half an hour hour on the phone with you no more because now I'm booked out. Right. So you know, but you have to make those adjustments when you do. But other than that, I just say you have an interest in what the other person's needs are. Try to be supportive, and nine times out of ten, people are going to reciprocate uh, automatically. And that's how you you know you start you know building and relating with people. So. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, my next question for you is this what do you think is the biggest challenge that a male entrepreneur faces for men well I can't speak for all men for you but I would say for for me and I think for many black men I feel like they always try to separate us from black women in business right like is this thing is like we got we either supporting one or we're supporting the other. So right now they're doing a lot of things with black women businesses, limiting limiting the exposure of black men businesses. And I'm looking at it like, why do they always kind of try to separate us? Even I had, you know, I try to put it in a perspective of because I remember one person was like, Oh, you should do something where you have it. Oh, it's just a women's day or just a men's day. I'm like, we already have enough separation. 
you know that's we need to be united front but a lot of these bigger organizations i always feel like there's always some kind of game at play that they're trying to do to keep us separated and not even just business just in general but because i feel like you know when we come together when we come together um, it's such a strong front, and I mean, we we're kind of, we're, I mean, together we're leading culture, we're changing culture, we're we're, we're leading the ways, we're setting the trends, right? And when they start separating us, it's kind of you can see some of these some of these reels and TikToks, and I watch what they say. You know, I don't usually put out commented opinion, but I just realized like some of the things they're saying, and it's just like very interesting how they try to separate us so I, I I think that's been the hardest thing for me uh, as obstacle is looking at it how can I overcome that that propaganda without without with also realizing there are issues in between that you know we have to find those those issues that we do have between mm-hmm. our the genders you know there has been issues over the years but at the same time some of that is propaganda that's perpetuated and they put these thoughts in our minds and start to divide yeah. and conquer and I don't you know I don't like that United Front is the strongest front. Right, right. Like for my husband and I, we are not only business partners for one business, but um, actually, let me take that back. When he started his business, I was working under him. And when I started Coro, I saw how his business was falling by the wayside. So I told him, let me buy you out. You come mm. under me because right now I got a lot of people in my back pocket that I can connect you to. And by then, that's when I met you. And mm-hmm. I said, we can all help you out, get your business to the next level because I know people that can, that know people. And so he was like, okay, cool. I don't like it, but okay, cool. And so I bought out his business. Now his business is under my name of Coro. But because okay. of that, he is now getting the, um, what's the word I want to use? He's now being seen by all my people in my tribe, as well as the community that you build. Now he's catching followers and now people are supporting him and other people. And I'm like, you know, a lot of people would say, husband and wives should never form a business together. Mm, Because all it does is that it brings, brings a lot of misery. But for my husband and I, it brings us closer together. It brings us together as a powerful unit. And so here in our area where we at here in Newport News, a lot of people know that we have a business venture together as well as us being separate. Like, even though I have Coro as the brand, I have several divisions under Coro. Well, my husband does work for me on a certain division, but he also has his business, Geeks and Greeks. I work for him because I do the back end. I handle all of the orders, all of the website design, the low, I do all of the branding. So with us both working together, we don't even look at it as a partnership. We don't look at it as being husband and wife. We don't look at it as being business partners. We just look at two people just working together. Yeah. We having fun doing it. That's what brings us together in our marriage. That was also showing, displaying to our kids that whomever you meet out in life and you decide to start a business with this person, this is how it looks. This is how it can be done. Don't let anybody tell you that it can't be done. You can work with another person. You can work with someone of the opposite sex. And you can it's become true. stronger as a unit together. So with our children, they also work in, for my business. They also work with him. Like yesterday, we had a vendor show. And so I told my husband, we need to split them up because I need somebody to work with me 
and you need somebody to work with you. So my son worked with him. So he had on his Brandon shirt. My daughter worked with me. So she had on my Brandon shirt. But what we both did, we both crossed over to each other. So when one person was busy and we didn't have, and I didn't have anybody, for example, I was helping my husband out and vice versa. So right. that's how we connect. And so when people see us out in the street and they know that we work together, when you asking for mm-hmm. one, you getting two. <laughs> that's it. That's but that, you know that's important too. You know it's so important to, and I I like how you you guys find a structure that works for you because everybody has to find that piece that works for them. Sometimes right. it, it's going to be your setup. Sometimes it's going to be but just find the piece. I think it's 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 really communication. You know, so Absolutely. you you're able to communicate your thoughts and and what you you know what you wanted and he communicated what he wanted and you found a bridge where it's like okay this is how this worked perfectly. So I like how I I just love that right there. Thank you. Yeah. We just want to be able to show people, you know, not just people in general, but also people from our community, our black men and women, that you can have a business and work together. It does not take away from each other. Is our money separate? Absolutely. Our money is never together in our business. My money is my money and his money is his money, but sometimes it can be my money and my money sometimes can be his money. If he falls short and needs an item, I buy it. If he, if I fall short and I need an item, he buys it. There's never no complaint. There's never no, you know, you have to pay me back. The only time I actually do that is when I know I have to take away from something that I know is supposed to go to something and vice versa. But we don't have any issues when it comes to money being crossed in our businesses because they separate. So our money is never connected towards each other. So there is no confusion. Mm. That's how we operate. We've been doing this. Actually, we've been doing this since 2015. So we was actually in wow, business nice. together before we got married in 2017. And nothing has changed at all. There is no yeah. one that's higher than the other. There is nobody belittling somebody else. It's more so of, okay, we've been doing this. We just keep it, we just keep it moving. We keep it going. That's how we build each other up. And that's what works for us. Not saying it may work for somebody else, but then again, it could work for y'all out there in the podcast world. But this is what works for us, and this is how we exactly. work our love together. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I mean, I think that's how families grow together. This is how you build generational wealth, all yeah. that. So it's all interconnected. And, it's, and I think, you you know, you said something about, like, people who say couples, husband and wife. And I think that that's even... It's, it's, it find, if you find a way to communicate your, your your issues, no matter what, whether it's in the relationship or it's in the business, that's what's going to make it successful. A lot of us, we just don't want to go through that that process of because sometimes the process of getting to know each other on that side, you're like, we just got to know each other personally. Now we trying to figure each other because everybody don't have the same business mindset, so right. we have to get to know it. And yeah, there's going to be a little clicks in there, but it's communicating working it through until you find that right you know that right pitch and it's like okay now this is working this is one but you got to give it the shot you know and if it don't work listen don't let it affect the relationship either you know so you have to know to separate like this we hey we got the business head on right now (laughs) (laughs) we're talking business hold on we're talking business not a personal don't bring up don't bring up about some something we got at home going on right Uh -uh, now we'll deal with that later right now we're on this business we're trying to get this money out here that personal, cut that off. Let's let's talk about that after uh, after hours. Okay. After after work hours, yeah, yeah. You couldn't sit on you couldn't sit on the job talking about your personal life. That's right. Don't do it working, here. So don't do it here. Same, don't do it same here. Same idea. Same idea. Exactly. It, it doesn't I, matter. Well, you know that's big. 
I treat, I always see, you know, I know you, you, you've been on some of the things where I tell people, treat your business like you treat your job. A lot of people are right. working their jobs. And I'm like, you give your job more respect than you give your business. This, right. Your business can give you, can change your life and you giving Absolutely. your job more respect. Give your job, I'm not saying give it more more respect than the job because maybe the job is paying you right now to get you through till you get your business going, but give your job, give your business the same respect. Give it the same time. Give it, if you can't talk to people on the thing and ain't talking no business, then do the same thing. Listen, you know, I'm, this is a business call, so how can I help you? You know, right, <laughs> right now, 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 this is, <laughs> this is Mobile Connect hours. What, what are we talking about? So, because I have to tell people that, you know, it's, it's real, you know, and at first I would feel uncomfortable doing it because you know you build relationships with people but i had to in reality for me to grow to go forward there's no way i could continue giving everybody the same time same energy unless we were talking about like how can we build something together how can we collaborate what can we work on together Absolutely. and if it's if it's me supporting you how can i support you lay it out in detail tell me what you need me to do right you know? so right. yeah I agree. I agree. We had to, you know, we had to do the same thing. I had to tell my husband. My husband wants to come out the school system because his point is, I see you being so successful, you know, working at home and everything. And I said, let me tell you something. Running a home-based business is totally different than being in the office. Mm -hmm. If I had it my way, I wouldn't change a thing because I love being in the office, but I love being at the house because when, God forbid, when my son gets sick, I can get in the car and go. I ain't got to tell my supervisor where I'm going because I am the supervisor. So, right. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, Yeah, I am the supervisor. I tell myself where I'm going. So, exactly. So, but um, I tell him it's not an easy feat. You can't sleep in the bed all day long and you're trying to run the business or you want people to respect you as a business. You have to learn how to, um, like you said, treat your business like you treat your job. When I get up, I have a set time. My hours are Tuesday through Saturday from nine to six. That's when you talk to me. Don't talk to me before nine, don't talk to me after six. Now, people that talk to me after six, that's like the people who know me, know me, like y'all. But other right. than that, uh-uh, no sir, I don't play. And I take one hour, like you played a post asking, what do you do for self-care? And I told you, I take one hour during my time to sleep. And that is from one to two, don't bother me. My phone goes on silent for one hour, even my husband knows. From one to two, I don't bother my wife. He already knows the deal. Everybody else had to respect it as well. My phone don't even ring mm. at all. Not even my children, don't bother me. You in school, why are you talking to me? I'm at work. <laughs> so what, what are you, don't bother what me. What you doing? <laughs> don't text me. <laughs> like mm. my daughter, she be texting me. Aren't you in class? Yeah, but we ain't doing nothing. I don't care. Because what you do, your brother will see you doing, and he think he's going to be free privilege. Do not text me unless you're dying, unless something don't happen, <laughs> you sick, or the school getting ready to call me. You in class. Do what you're supposed to do, because what I'm teaching you, they're not teaching you at school. I'm trying to get you ready and prepared, because you can ready to come out of high school in two years. Don't talk mm. to me while you at school. Same rules are going to apply when you get out in that job. Don't talk while you're on the job unless you got to. Right. Do exactly. your job. So while you at school, do your work. So yeah, I get it, I do. And I think if more business owners understand that and respect the fact that their business is not something to play with, if you're gonna play with it, then make it a hobby. Don't turn around and LLC the business and then you turn around and say, well, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna just lollygag my way through the business. And there are gonna be some days when we're gonna fall short and we're gonna get tired. That's expected as a business owner because we're doing everything, especially exactly. when you're a solopreneur like myself. But mm -hmm. other than that, if you want these customers and these clients to respect you out here, then you're gonna have to put in the work and do what you're supposed to do as a business owner. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's where that's how it goes. 
today. All right, so I'm gonna skip around on these on some of these questions because you answered like some of my questions. I did. Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be real easy. <laughs> All right, so um, a question that I have for you is this: When did you realize that entrepreneurship was the path for you? Oh man, I, I can tell you the truth. Since I was eight, nine years old, my mother. Uh, I, I was talking about this uh, in another interview before because this is interesting. Like you don't, you know, people. Some people it hits them later in life, right? And my mother had to, she had put this magazine in my hand. It's called Olympics. I don't know the whole name of it because I was eight then and I'm a little older now. But it was called Olympics. It was a magazine where you sold seasonal get seasonal items. So Christmas, you sold Christmas items. They had the spring. They had the fall. And you got the opportunity to get, like you could sell all of these products and then you would get points. And you can get like toys and video games or you can get $2 for each thing. So I wanted the $2, you know? So I didn't care about none of the toys. She had programs, she got me used to, um, one thing I could say, like I, I gotta go back to my mom real quick because one thing um, I could say is that my mother, I never was a person that kept up with the Joneses because my mother, I, you know, at her, where she was at that time, like it was never, I didn't get the video games when they came out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get, you know, I had no Jordans and nothing like that. So, you know, I was getting, I was going to this section. This is your section right here, pick your sneakers, right? And that's, <laughs> you better get a good pair because this, this is you for the year, right? So right. that was kind of like ingrained in me, which to this day is still a part of me. I was just selling some, a young a young man. I was like, he, he bought a belt and it was like uh, two, three hundred dollars. And I was like, man, I was like, my sneakers right now probably cost about thirty dollars. You wouldn't even believe, but that's just how I was because I don't care about the thing. So she taught me that young. So I was thinking about getting money and I want to build this business. So that that experience when I was young, I started off with the building we were in, and I started doing the next building, the next building. I started making, you know, we start doing it, you know. But at that time, I was, I mean, I, I had to figure like between eight and eleven, I was doing it. Because at eight, I couldn't go outside the building. So as I got a little bit better and, you know, could move around, because I could never leave the block at a certain age, but then I started able to do another building. But then I couldn't handle, you know, I was eight, I couldn't handle it, right? Like, I couldn't handle all of it. So then I was mixing up orders. I couldn't remember, I never gave this guy his order. I gave it away to somebody else. You know, I started messing up because I'm a kid, still a kid, right? So right. they telling me like, you never gave me my order. I was like, I didn't give it to you. I couldn't remember who I gave it to. I didn't have a tracking system or anything, but I just like the feeling of people calling me and telling me, oh, thank you, or seeing me. And they're like, yeah, you know. So they were very supportive um, in my community about that. So that was that was it. And then as I got older, you know, I started working at different jobs and I just was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do my own thing. So every time I land on a job, I always learn the job and try to do my own thing. And literally, that's how Legacy first came. You know, I was working in finance and um, Galuti Capital Strategies. I was a partner of downtown Wall Street area and um, working in finance. We are working with doctors, multiple practices, um, with a network between five and 15 million. That was like the average, right? And some some are bigger, some are a little smaller. And I was just like, you know what? I can do this. <laughs> so I'm learning everything, everything. I'm sitting there with my mentor, just everything you talking, asking questions all the time. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna do it for legacy. And I told him that. I was like, you know, this is what I wanna do. And then the pandemic came and literally I transitioned around 2019, December. Pandemic was next year. So I just had to kind of pivot 
how I was going to help entrepreneurs. But my goal was always to help um, new business owners within their first two years to um, go from the um, startup to the growth stage. So that was my that was my first opportunity was when I was young. But like I said, it transitioned over time. It just kept growing and growing. And so I actually found where I needed to land. You know, but yeah, I, I credited my mom for giving me that book. Because I, I mean, that helped me open. I mean, all my all my career, most of my career, ooh, most of my career was sales uh, opportunity. So sales professional and everything. So I had a car lot. I went and worked at a car dealership. A year later, I had a car lot. Right, so that was just like uh, my mind would be learn the system. Let's go, let's go do our own thing, you know. <laughs> Due diligence, due yeah. diligence. So, and I was a kid then; I was about twenty years old. So, you better again, than still didn't, still didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Making better than me. Yeah, they giving me credit. I'm buying twenty five thousand dollars cars for no reason, knowing I can't. You no, know, I'm in the wrong. It's not my demographic, but I just like, oh, I got a deal plate. I'm gonna drive these bins around for a couple of months. Somebody will buy it later. You know? Yeah, that's that's what happens when you're a kid. You start getting somebody. Trust me. Yeah, your mindset ain't there yet. That's that's true. You that's know? true. Yeah. That's true. Cause I um when I first when I first realized entrepreneurship was for me, it was mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Mm. I was a senior in high school and the first thing I did was at that time I couldn't get a job from the town that I'm originally from, which is Farmville, small town. Okay. Everybody know everybody. Everybody know your business, and you related to everybody in the town. <laughs> <laughs> and with my mom, she taught everybody that got everybody on God's green earth. Mm-hmm. And I remember I wanted to start working because I wanted my own money. Mm-hmm. At the age of fourteen, and a school counselor told me, "I'm not giving you a work permit. See, you have a mom. She got money. Live off of her." Wow. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, but that ain't me, though. Well, why would she home. tell you that anyway? What's that, what's that got to do with your work experience? What would they... Mm, that's an interesting process for me to wonder why they thought that. Well, in the town that I come from, my mother's a very popular person. We come ah. from a respectable family that everybody knows very well. And it's called haters. Right, right, right. <laughs> Everybody hated on my mom because my mom was such an excellent, one of the, well, one of the greatest teachers that came out of Prince Edward. And she cared about everybody. And, you know, when you do your job and you care about your students and you care about the kids at the level that she does and still do to this day, you have a plethora of people that may sometimes take on, the, you know, jealousy, the green eye, the green envy effect. And so with that being said, with me being her daughter, being a teacher's kid, I caught the bad end part of it. Not blaming my mom for anything, because I'm not. And um, and with that being said, it's more so of, um, I just was at the point in my life where I was like, you know what, I want my own money. I see my mom doing it. At that time, my father was disabled. He couldn't do what he wanted to do because he was a very sick mm. God rest his soul. And so I was looking at my mom being this independent woman and I wanted to do what she was doing. I wanted my own money. I wanted to do things for myself. At the age of 14, I was like, okay, it's whatever. So I waited till I got older, till I became a senior. I was 18, my father's health was declining, knew he wasn't gonna live long and I needed to pay my dues for high school. 
And so my mom hooked me up with one of her saw roars, because my mother's an AKA. She was selling Avon. Okay. And hey, so okay. I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. And you know, direct sales, I learned the business very quickly. And I was like, so what is one of the things I had to do? I had to put on a party. So I told my mom, I gotta put on this party. She was like, well, see, after choir rehearsal, we can go over to this person's house. You can do this party, blah, blah, blah. And I did it and I made $500 in three hours. Wow. And I said to you myself, ready. <laughs> I said, Jesus, I got a mouth like my mom. I can make anybody do what I want them to do. And I can make anybody buy what I want them to buy just by the way I talk to people, by me telling stories, by me giving relatable experiences and making them understand that, hey, I can relate to what you're going through because this is what I dealt with, blah, blah, blah. And this is how I got over it. So if you take some of the things that I did, which may not work for you, so let me put that disclaimer out there and <laughs> exactly. tell you exactly what this is, maybe you'll be able to buy something. So I said, okay, this worked. I was able to pay all my, uh, my, uh, my senior dues with my own money from that. I kept it going all throughout college. I went to Virginia Union, transferred to Liberty University, and did the same thing over there. Started selling Avon at Liberty University, did the same thing. Came out, and then I had my son, and then I went back into entrepreneurship about 2014. That's when I got into doing the nails, because my father, at a very young age, he was the one that taught me about health. And because he was a diabetic, my job was to make sure that his nails and his feet stayed manicured and clean. Because of that, that's how Coro came up to where it is today because I went back to what it is that um, my father taught me at a very young age. All about the fashion and the beauty and then the faith part came in because um, I found out at an early, early age, as I got older, I realized that at a young, young age that I was meant to be in ministry. And because I have not answered the call to ministry just yet, even though some people on Instagram said I did, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I love to speak and um, motivate and inspire people to become their best selves. So I took that and that's how Koro came with the mantra of fashion, beauty and faith. And so now my mm. thing is, I believe in, you know, believe in the power of self-care. If you don't learn how to put yourself first, how are you able to take care sure. of anybody else? Sure. And with me, at the age of 30, I became a diabetic. I knew I was going to be a diabetic at a very young age. So when the doctors told me, you're a diabetic, my whole point is, okay, what do I need to do? For those first five years of my 30s, my husband, at the time he was my fiance, he watched my health took a decline because I was putting everybody first and neglecting myself. And when you have a special needs child that you are raising on your own, that is a very difficult process, even when you don't have nobody to help you and you got people in your house that are there to help you and they still don't help you. So I had to take on that burden by myself. My husband watched my um, watched my health decline to the point where, uh, what was it, about 2019, 2020, I actually had my doctors, all different doctors, to tell me in May 2020, during the pandemic, five different things that was going wrong with me. And every time they told me something, my health was getting worse and worse. And wow. Worse. And the first two weeks, 
of um take that back yeah it was actually in may but the last two weeks of may my father came to me in my sleep and he told i was remember having conversations with him telling him what was going on and he was like at the end of that 14 day period he told me at the end he said see if you don't get your health together if you don't learn how to put yourself first you are going to die before you become 40. Mm. Now, my father told me this in my sleep. I was, uh, let's see, I'm 38 now, I was 36 when that happened. So I said, okay, and I'm gonna have to do what I gotta do. And um, I called my doctor, I told my doctor, since nothing that I'm doing is working to get my health in order, let's do the weight loss surgery. December 5th, I started Cobra. December the 22nd, I had my weight loss surgery, I got the gastric sleeve. Then after that, January the 3rd of last year, got into a car accident. January the 24th, the day after I turned 37, I went into the hospital for food poisoning. Almost went away from here. Mm. And I remember right then and there, I remember telling my grandparents in my sleep, I wanted to come and be with them, which means I wanted to give up. And my grandfather told me, you come from the ancestry of wood. We don't give up. And if you mm. know the wood on the tree, the wood on the tree is very strong. And so that's what you are made of. It is not your time to come here. And I remember a nurse coming into the room and she was singing, your grace and mercy. And that is what brought me back to where I am at today, to when I rebranded my business last year in June, I focused on self-care. And wow. that's how the believe, the believe, um, believe in the power of self-care came about because I had to learn that in order to take care of my family, I had to learn how to put myself first. So I had to go back and teach myself all of these different things, dealing with yoga, um, getting my mental health in order, learning how to do everything for myself, repairing my body back to where it needed to be back on track to lose the weight again. And in 28 days, I was much stronger mentally, physically, as well as spiritually. And then I went out and said, you know what? Because this worked, I need to go out here and talk about it because if I if I'm saying that this is going if this works for me then I need to go out and talk about this to other people so that's what I did and yeah. that's when I ran up on your platform and I started <laughs> talking about the belief in the power of self-care and then after I talked about self-care and started showing it everything literally fell in place to where I am at today so uh, that's an amazing story now that's real absolutely you right. I mean that's a that's a journey right there Yes. That's a real journey. So yeah, I I, I haven't been doing nothing like that. <laughs> but, you know, I I was like, ooh, ooh, that's no. Nah, but sometimes you gotta go through it to get. Yeah. I mean, that experience in itself is going to is a lesson in itself. And now from now on, you know when you're going against it, you get the red flags because you know you know the signs. You know you yes. know. So yeah. I mean, I had me personally, I had a um, accident last year. Changed my whole life. I've never been in an accident that severe. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm. I tell people to this day, man, I'm just blessed to be. You get alive. Just thinking about like, I have all my faculties. I can move my arms and my legs. Right. And um, you know, I didn't. I was in an accident. Where I didn't even know who I was or what I was when I woke up. Right. I just kind of just wake up like I thought I was being robbed. 
You know, like I'm not in there like this. You know, like you know, you get you wake up and there's people around you. Absolutely, I'm, run, I'm running around like I don't know. You know, I I I've never been so disheveled in my life where I was. Yo, I was like, I can have it, whatever y'all want. You know, that's my brain was just in a right. different space at the time, and I'll never forget. I was like, after that experience, I was like, you know, I'll never put myself in that experience again. And Absolutely. at the time. It was because I was neglecting self-care. Like you say, you talk about doing everything for everybody and I'm just yesing everybody. Okay, no problem. Yes, no problem. Yes, 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 yes. Not really having no no real balance to it. And it was just like overload. My mind went shut off. Night. Yes. I had to turn the TV on loud. Yes. You know, I had to do all kinds of things to make myself fall asleep. I wouldn't even fall asleep because my brain would just keep thinking and I'll thinking and thinking. Yeah, so I had to learn to pace that. And so, you know, I, I mean, I still ain't the best, but, right. you know, from that experience, I, I learned to, like, you know, okay, sometimes I eat, I'll have plans for a day to do something, and I just shut it down. I said, you know what, today's not a good day. I ain't going, you know, so I just never want to be in that position again. So I can only imagine going through it for a couple of years. I only did it, I only went through it for that period of time. So to go through it for, like, what you talking about? Oh, oh. Man, that's, that's a lot. I just went through it for a small period of time where I really you know first of all it probably was a lifetime thing that we not taught about that is in our culture you know so it's like, and I was telling my I was talking to somebody about this recently and I was just like you know we take credit for our ancestors creation right like this music and soul right like you talk about soul music and all that stuff and all of them songs like we're in the world like yes, them kind right. of songs but you gotta think like they were working from crack of dawn to night. Wasn't nobody caring about their self-care. You know, I'm talking about slaves and everything, like sharecroppers, slaves and sharecroppers. Um, Cause even the sharecroppers, I consider them slaves. My grandma went through that experience and she told me they were always older people money at the end of the year. So they was working for free, but they had to like, they would be happy. She used to tell me she was happy when it snowed because they would get to go to school. That's when the only time they went to school was when it, it rained too bad or snowed. And then it still was snowing inside the school because it wasn't no, no good, good um, building. But the point I'm trying to make is that that's where the music came from. Then them singing while they were doing work, that was them doing their own self-care without even knowing what it was, right? They were creating like their own self-care ways to escape for the moment and everything like that. And right. so I just think about that and I just went like, man, you know, I just can't even experience that. Like nowadays, that we have identified it, you know what that is, what it's needed. Um, you know, you can't neglect it because it's, it, it just it, it, it makes you. It, first of all, acknowledging it and taking care of, you know, having that self care process and that having that priority there also helps you become more productive. That's right. Because somebody could work sixteen hours and you and you in eight hours could probably crush them because you're able to balance things. Your time, your mind is not here, here everywhere. It's kind of right here. And um, it's level because you, you, you're you not thinking of everything. You organize a lot better. So a lot of times, just because you're doing more hours doesn't mean you're more productive. That's right. That's right. As a matter of fact, I've learned that the less hours you do, the more you can be productive. If you take those breaks throughout the day, you know, just to give your, just to give your eyes a break from the computer, to give your mind an opportunity to just shut off so you can think and process what it is that you're getting ready to do or what it is that you just finished you're better off that way. Even going to bed um, early is another yeah. form 
of you know being more productive and right. sometimes my mind can run my mind can be running during the middle of the night and I literally mm-hmm. have to close my eyes and say Lord mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus give me the spirit of peace mm. and every time I say that that peace comes right in and I'm able to sleep wow that's good Yeah, I'm gonna work on that one <laughs> I'm gonna do that yeah. give it a shot Give it a Matter of fact, I was just talking to my grandmother about a, um, a dream I had. And she was telling me what the dream meant. You know, I always have, when I have dreams that really bug me, I always ask a couple of people their opinion. Right. To get what they think about it. And she was asking me, and she was talking about, like, you know, when I'm doing certain things. She was like, that means you're on the right track. You know, just say it. That means say a prayer before you make, you know, decisions. You know? That's so, right. That's right. So, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Grandma on point, yeah. I remember when my grandma was alive, she would tell me some of the things like that and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she. That's my. That's my supporter. That's my number one. I hear you. I hear you. My mom is my number, number one. one. Yeah, I'm a, a grandmama's boy. I'm a grandmama's. <laughs> both, well, my grandmother, my father's side, she passed away mm-hmm. 2004. That was my heart. And um, who is it after? And she died in 2004. And my grandmother now, she's 80. So she was like, my grandmother on my father's side was 92 when she passed. Okay. My grandmother right now is 80. I'm trying to think how old she was because he looked at her as a daughter. Like she looked, my grandmother on my father's side was on my grandmother's side as a daughter. They were like, she was like her daughter's age. You know, it was such an age difference. Oh wow! So, yeah, I was trying to trying to put it together, but the thought went away from me. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But they used right. to team they used to team up against me too. Oh no, they didn't. didn't! Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> grandma, my older grandma say, "Oh, you know, he was cool the other day." My grandmother, the younger one, she yeah, she ready to yoke me up. She wasn't scared. <laughs> of no, she wasn't scared of no contact. I'm gonna tell you that right now. She was scared. She wasn't scared of no contact. She's like, you gotta, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I used to smoke a cigarette. Oh no! And she she smoked, right? She smoked. Right, right. When I was in high school, even though she smoked and every all the women in my house smoked, I had never smoked in front of her. Wow. That's how the kind of respect it was. That's right. You know, never smoked in front of my grandmother, my mother. Right. So, you know what I mean? She'd be like, I know you smoke. And she, and then they would say, the other grandkids would be like, but Nana's smoking in the house. Why you don't smoke? And she's like, no, that's respect. He know what he's doing. I know he smokes. <laughs> I smell him when he come in, you know? <laughs> uh, smell a cigarette. Everybody knows what cigarettes smell like, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. We transparent. But yeah, we, we ain't even get to the tribe. We got to talk about this tribe building. <laughs> I know I gotta I gotta drop something for you guys. Oh absolutely, <laughs> yeah, you can drop them. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, you getting ready to drop one right now. So Uh-oh. not just for the men, because it is men's um it is men's month. Technically, it really is. But mm-hmm. also for the women. What advice do you have for other um entrepreneurs? I want you to drop your gems now about building the tribe. Because a lot of people don't know how to build their tribe once they become business owners, or they may be in the process of looking for a tribe. So I want you to tell me what are some of your your good good secrets <laughs> about in terms of, in terms your of tribe, found, about finding your tribe and learning or learning how to build one. 
if they you know if people wanted to build well, their own tribe I think a hundred percent of it is networking right like a hundred percent of the networking so you do your a lot of people focus so much on their branding and marketing they don't really focus on those relationship building you need to build you need to be everyday um, connecting with new people and building relationships and you have to identify the people that that you're trying to network with you have to be intentional you can't do you know if I'm not going to be networking with astrophysicists or anything like that that's not my space and that's not the kind of people I'm trying to connect with not to say that they're not good people but does it make sense for what I'm trying to do you know you're trying to build relationships but these are also business relationships so when you're looking at it, um, I, I just did an ebook recently, which you know, um, everybody that gets the ebook, networking with authority, they also get a free masterclass where I go through the whole lessons with them. But um, I'm intentional about the networks that I'm co- connecting with, so I focus on my peer networks, I focus with industry networks, and I focus on my my niche networks, which are the people that are my target audience that for my products and services. But I'm also people in my same industry that are doing the same things I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, my peer support network, those are just people that are also entrepreneurs in the same space as me. They, they might not be doing what I do, but they're just entrepreneurs. And sometimes we look at like, you know, um, you, you're you in the, in the cosme, cosme, cosmetics and that beauty brand. And right. then it might be somebody that's in clothing, but it, it, it may not connect. But at the same time, they may, since they're in an industry that's similar, close, they probably might know somebody that be a good networking opportunity for you. So I'm always, I always tell people that the first thing you have to be focused on is building relationships on a daily basis, starting, starting the conversation on a daily basis with, uh, with somebody in one of those spaces. That's very important. Um, and as you, as you start building those relationships, I talked about a little earlier, mm-hmm. you know, be a person that's a resource, like always, look to see what you can do to help other people that's how you build a connection and relationship you know where they got that song about the plug you gotta be the plug you know that's you know right. let people know that there's events coming up let people know that uh see some information that might be good for their business like oh you know i'm 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 known for that if i know that you like you say you self-care i'm gonna send and, and and you posting about self-care and i see a, i see somebody did a really good post that oh man this post got a lot of views and everything. i say hey look check out this post see what they did that you probably could add to your thing, you know? So I'm always sharing resources with people and, and things like that, or ideas and um, things of that nature. And I think that's really what allowed me to build it. That's why the ebook was so successful in this first week. That page organically, and no do no ads. In the first week, 800 views on the page. That's all organic traffic, right? So networkingwithauthority.com if you guys want to check it out. <laughs> but it also comes with a free masterclass at the same time. So we run in there, uh, they all live and we run them, you know, um, regularly. So I think every every few weeks we have a new masterclass coming up. Okay. So, but right. the, ain't nothing gonna be, not, ain't nothing gonna be uh, like the one that's coming up now. So check out the website so you can get access to that one. Uh, okay. But that, okay. that's that's just a good bubble right there. I don't know. If, you, if there was any other question because I didn't, you know, I didn't know which direction to go in so I just wanted to make sure those were, those were keys that people should really be paying attention to absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. I think the one thing that a lot of people have said that have been guest hosts on my podcast they'd be like I never know what questions I'm going to um, I'm going to answer because you never send out a questions ahead of time. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to. It's just that 
I like the surprises that come with it. I like to right, make right. You think. Organic. And I think that's the I think that's the Aquarius in me because you know yeah. we okay. think. So yeah. I like to make people think. And a lot of the questions that I normally ask my people, some of them have said, "Oh, well, I've already answered this before with somebody else, so I can answer this again." So I I try to hit around everything, but yes, you did. You dropped some gems. Building building a network every day just by talking to somebody. I think that's one of the Some hardest things. Yeah, it's one of the hardest things that business owners struggle with, especially those who are introvert business owners. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because that's the focus of the, the, the book that I did um, is really to make people understand that online, like you can scale networking online. I'll give you an example. You said you were at a vending event recently, right? And how many people you think were at the, like, people that were just at the vending event? Not customers or vendors, but just in total, think about how many people were there. Okay. How, how many people would you say? 50, 100? Um, from what we saw on yesterday, I want to say maybe between, maybe 50 to 75. Okay. Now think about this. I could have a script right now. Okay. It's a, just a regular script, which is what I, you know, I talk about in the book, just utilizing the scripts. And in 30 minutes, I can hit 50 people with that script. Because all I got to do is copy and paste. Paste it, paste it, paste it. So every person I mean, I'm starting off with conversations. So think about how many you can do in a week, a month. Like you can hit, You can, it, it's all dependent on you at this point. I say, I tell people 30 minutes a day, because I would say at least you should be out there connecting 30 minutes a day. You know, that should be definitely part. I always tell people networking should be a part of your marketing plan. There has to be part of your marketing strategy because... If you look at the top top 100, Fortune 100 companies, you're talking about the top 100 companies in the world or in the United States at this time, right? You just say the top 100, they had a they had a survey and they said they would lose 40% of their business if there was no networking opportunities for them. They, they have to network to continue to, to connect and, and, and network up, network across, network, you know, because you never know the deals that are made through right. networking. But the reason I say online is because 90% of businesses are online right now. So you have, and then everybody had to go online because of the pandemic. That's so right. technically, even people that weren't buying products online are now buying products because at first, ah, I don't do nothing on the internet. I'm only going to in-person But guess what? For the last two years, you couldn't go to an in-person store. So you had to learn to buy online. So, and guess what? They got comfortable. Even my grandmother, she don't even go to, she watching church online. She's like, I don't feel like getting dressed this That's week. right. So they got used to being online and giving online and doing all that. So now you have the opportunity to really reach these people in that space. So you said it was 50 at that one event that all day and you probably didn't meet all 50 people. You probably met maybe a handful of people, but now you get to intentionally pick the people that you want to meet. That's right. And identify, like you could say, okay, this is a network. This is a community I want to be in. This mm-hmm. is the community. Okay, this one supports. Okay, I'm going to work with this. You can be in five, six communities because the average startup um, just talking about startup companies in general, startup um, businesses that look for VC money, which has been to capitalist money, those people that are looking for the big funds, right? Right. They usually in about 10, 10 the average the average startup is in about 10, 10 um, different communities before they get there, you know, before they actually get funded. And these are talk, these are companies that are getting funded for 300 million plus, right? So okay. you have to be online and leverage it. I mean, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are, you know. And I tell people to start really utilizing LinkedIn because that platform is going B2C. And right now it's the number one B2B, business to business. Um, 
So right now, 96% of businesses are using that are business to business. We use LinkedIn, drive traffic, but it's moving to B2C, but it allows you people on there are looking to network automatically. Right? You're on LinkedIn to network. A lot of people still confuse it as a place to get jobs. Yeah, you can get jobs, but this is business to business doing business, right? So, right. you know, LinkedIn is good for new entrepreneurs because a lot of new entrepreneurs, the first place they go to is LinkedIn. I mean, it starts with Instagram. It's, the, it's good for new entrepreneurs because a lot of people, first thing they do is start an Instagram page. So it allows you to catch them um, in, the, in those spaces and really connect. So I just tell people just every day, get it, you know, catch, catch some new entrepreneurs, network through your network. Uh, um, that's that's very important because you you know when we talk about networking with authority, you want to position yourself as the person in your space. This is your industry, right? You're, if you're a marketer, this is your industry. If you're a coach, this is your industry. You want to position, and the best way to position yourself is the people that are going to give you your flowers. So right. I'm going to talk to the people that are going to give me their flowers. I'm going on their page. I'm connected. I'm engaging on their page. I'm not engaging just to pop on a post, but I see somebody wrote a post on on one of my friends' page, and I like what they said. I'm engaging on it. I don't know the person. Oh, hey, you know, glad glad you tapped in. I love what you, you know, posted. You, you're connecting with this person. They know you. Your friend is going to say something back. Boom, now you, you guys are sharing a message. Look, you just opened up a new relationship, one, two, three. And it was through a mutual connection. So it allows you to be authority because the friends were like, yo, who's uh, who's this legacy first person? And it's like, oh, no, that's person. He's he's dope. You want to jump on his page. But now that that's your authority right there. That's so you right. just walked in the door. And so it's, it's a lot of strategies that you utilize, but you're online. You know, I say leverage it now while it's there because there's so many people using it right now. So, you know, I could go on for days with <laughs> strategies <laughs> of how I move around, but... I mean, you see, like you said, you said earlier, I was in your DM. I'm like, pop on the page. I'm giving people platform, right? That's another networking tool, giving people a platform, amplifying others. You know, it's not about you. It's about the others, right? Like, always see what you can do for someone else. And I'm telling you, people will gravitate to you because as, as long as you're genuine, I think you have to be a genuine person and want to see other people win. But if you're amplifying others, giving people platforms to showcase their stuff and and you know people appreciate that especially if they get a sale i know a couple of people that got sales right on on our lives and people were like oh i'm gonna get that you know so yeah but but the the truth is if you amplify others it helps it helps you out too so that's part of that's the whole building community i think but you know i tell people man that's why we did this book it was like it's the online edition so it's a lot of online strategies so i did really i did i really went into with our strategies and some of the scripts and and everything like that yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You have dropped so many gems. I don't want to ask you any more questions. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm party done. <laughs> but you know, you did. You dropped a lot of good gems, especially for my business owners, as well as for myself. I'm sitting here taking notes while you talking, and I'm like, oh, okay. So that I need to be on. So I need to do this, blah blah blah. So I hope you're back in the podcast world. Oh. That's that's how you got me here. You was like, exactly. Oh, I'm gonna get on take these. <laughs> that that's why I said, yeah, go ahead and drop these gems. Absolutely, yeah. I'm writing them down. I'm taking. Notes. So yeah. I hope all of my business owners, small as well as medium, and um, are listening and everything because this man is nothing but the truth here. And I do have one more thing to ask you. Mm -hmm. How can people reach you if they wanted to order your ebook? or follow you on your social media platforms? Well, uh, 
I would say they can go to networkingwithauthority.com. That's okay. where the ebook is on. Uh, if they wanted to capture the ebook, um, I'm Legacy First Org, but the Networking with Authority now has its own. It's its own campaign, so it has its own Instagram page, its own podcast, and things of that nature. And we basically do ten minute, two minute, ten minute episodes, just giving a tip. Um, you know, it's no setup schedule yet. It's just kind of like throwing these tips out there. But the ebook also comes with a masterclass, free masterclass that comes alongside it, where it's going to be live, and they have the opportunity to watch me and ask questions and we get to go through it right in front of everybody showing some of these like strategies that work in real time right like there's some strategies that you it'll take time to build but there's some strategies or those so they can do it that way and um from the legacy first org page it's legacy first org uh that's my main page that we've been building and, you know they can book a free consult you know legacy first org lc is a business consulting firm that's you know that's what I call business consultancy and that's kind of my space helping new entrepreneurs to um, create a strategy out of their vision so I try to like I try to work with entrepreneurs on the idea of understanding where they're trying to go with their business I like you know I'm not a coach I always tell people that right away if you don't have clarity on what you want to do right. with your business it's not my thing you have to find out what you want to do know where you want to end up with because I'm always going to ask you in, in our in our console calls I'm going to be at the end of five years you su- you succeeded in everything you wanted to do what does your business look like I want to know because then we can create a strategy that's going to get you to that next level you know so that's the idea that's what I do I work with Armand Armand does a lot of marketing but I'm like you know everybody teases me but I I can 30 minutes you get on the call with me I'm telling you it's going to be and I do a lot of the free consults just because I noticed that a lot of the entrepreneurs weren't heading in any direction. Like, not forget heading in the right direction. Just not heading in a direction, just showing up to show up. And there's not, no intention behind what they're doing, no strategic method on how they were doing. But, you know, this this stage is to, to get to a level. Like, you know, you want to position yourself to become a speaker. How do we get you into that, right? Like, we need to put you in speaking opportunities, but... How do we get people to see you as a speaker? This is you can strategically do it, then you create a marketing plan around your strategy. So you have to have a plan, you know, and that's that's kind of where we're going. And I and it's okay. I always tell people it's okay to reassess. I read I did a reassessment a couple couple weeks ago, and you can see it came networking authority came. I do I wrote a whole book. This is crazy. Tapping into your inner mobile. It's ready to release it. And I mean, I'm sitting on it. I keep telling people it's coming, it's coming. I scrapped the whole book. Like the book is still there. Like right. I just was like, this is not the direction I want to go. Right. You know, and I had to reassess where do I want to, how can I be a, an effective? And I feel like that book was, I said, you know what, that's going to be my keynote book when I'm going to speak. So strategically, I'm looking at it for the future. I'm like, this is five years from now. Right. And I'm right. doing keynote speeches and TED Talks and all that. Right now, I need to get these people to there. Because you know, when we talk about network authority, I'm talking about building organic, building your community organically, building your engagement. Sometimes people go on live, they got five, six people on live. How do you get to 15, 20, 30? How can you be as of doing lives? You know, some people doing lives every day and they're maintaining that five. Why are you maintaining five? There's a reason for that. And there's a reason we strategically have grown our lives. We started off with five, six people like everybody else. Sometimes you get on a lot, we have 30, 40, 50, 60 people. I only got 2,000 people following me, some 2,000, some change, right? But I look at some of the accounts that's way larger, and they don't even, they're not even there because they don't know how to nurture these relationships right. and build these bridges where people are 
sharing you out and supporting you and wanting to be in the room with you, right? So it's that's when you talk about networking authority. So it's not just the networking piece, it's making sure your authority in your space. So yeah, they can follow me all those networkingauthority.com. <laughs> Get your yeah. ebook, Legacy First Org. Is it, you know, so yeah, I appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining me, y'all. This is Mr. Amazing. Baker himself from legacyfirst.org. Y'all make sure y'all go check this gentleman out. I mean, he is I, I literally the, the jack of all trades. He is literally the father figure of um for small business owners. I, I say that so I say Mogus Connect is a flowers. community of entrepreneurs dedicated to helping you develop the mogul within. That's our mantra. Absolutely, absolutely. I thank you again. I thank you so much for joining me on um, on my podcast. But everybody knows before we leave out, I close out with prayer. So is it okay that we pray? No problem. I'm here. All right, all right. All right. So if you are out there in the podcast world and you are stopped somewhere or if you listening at home, every um, every eye is closed and we clear our minds out as we receive our Lord and Heavenly Father. All right, here we go. Um, Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the freedom to use the gifts that you have given us to use in the capacity that you would have us to use them. The wisdom to give back to you for your glory and the opportunity to serve you in our marketplace. Today, Father, I ask for you to bless our guest hosts. I ask for you to give them strength as they persevere through challenges that may come their way in business. I ask for provision so that their business will be a sustainable source of income for those who are connected to it. I ask for you to provide them with fresh fresh inspiration and networking um, partners so that they can grow together as one. Lord, I ask for you to show us how to run our business with integrity, diligence, and compassion so that we may help others just like you continue to help us, Father. And as I pray, Father, that you turn our hardships into testimonies of beauty as we continue to shine our light in the industries and for favor to follow us wherever we go. Father, where we are lacking in faith, we ask for you to help our unbelief. (coughs) Excuse me. And as we close out in this prayer, Lord, I ask for your grace and mercy to continue to follow us all the days of our lives, Father. And to thank you for the confidence to know that with each prayer that we pray, Father, that it is travel by the Holy Spirit to your ears. In Jesus' name, I pray for this um, prayer to be blessed. Amen. Amen. All right. So thank you so much, Preston, for joining us on this episode of Just Men, Finding Your Tribe. I thank you so much for joining me on this week. Um, Make sure that y'all turn in um, on next week. We will have another guest host. And next week after that it is the last week of june and i got a special guest host that's going to wrap up the just men series i am your girl nick austin i'm signing off here from coro thank you so much mr baker for joining us again i appreciate you and happy father's day to you thank you so much and as we are signing off i will see y'all on next week
Hey, hey, it's Neek Austin here, the host of Coro is a Crush, where we talk about fashion, beauty, and faith while remaining true to ourselves. Every episode, I talk to someone who's trying to make a change for themselves or their community and learn about how they've made big or small improvements in their lives. I also chat about what's going on in the world that might be holding us back from being our best selves. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor for the Coro is a Crush podcast, please reach out to Coro Crush Podcast at gmail.com. Check out our new advertising opportunities now available on our website at www.shopcoro.com. Book your ad spot today and let me do the rest. I love to hear from you.